Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Brother, 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 brother. Yes, sir. Brother. Welcome back to another episode of brother. the Impact Power Hour. It is Thursday, July 22nd. Um, and yeah, the Fallout show from Slammiversary happened. Uh anniversary if you didn't hear our review for it we did do a kind of a group review uh on saturday after it ended so go back listen to it on any of the platforms that we're on um go on our youtube our twitter whatever you want to try to find it uh, we're on apple spotify tune in breaker overcast um youtube and anchor so yeah um, before we start, I'm Ryan. I'm Angelo, your new Deep Six champion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Angelo brought it home for, for the Impact Boys, even though we we didn't do predictions together. But, like, <laughs> he, he, he won it. Impact, yeah. Impact has, a cha- has the real championship. And, uh, exactly. yeah. Um, how's it feel to be champ for the first time in two years, bud? Feels pretty good. It's nice yeah. to have the bells in the house again. Yeah, you guys start challenging Joey Janela to another feud. I don't, I don't know if I should anymore. I feel like he's busy. Yeah, go, go after Matt Cardona. He seems to be going after going going for anything. Or, or maybe Kenny, I can go, go for, for um, free agent Braun Strowman. Oh, you could go for free agent Braun Strowman. That would be good. Yeah. I yeah. think that might. I think we found your challenger for uh, the Deep Six Belt. Yeah, a little David versus Goliath action, where he's yeah. David and I'm Goliath. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And normally the ch- the challenge the the champ isn't isn't the the David character. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a little change of pace. Yeah. Uh. So starting off with before the impact and, uh, yeah, we have our Iceman Intel, which so. I'm watching before the impact, and I see Josh Matthews' disgusting hair. Uh, I think that this man is going through a midlife crisis. He found out he's not on commentary anymore, and he was like, crap, what should I do? Let me bleach, like semi-bleach my hair as a 40-something-year-old man. Um, let me lose my glasses and then talk about why, and then throughout the show, ask why nobody has complimented me on my look. That's Josh Matthews for you. Yeah. Um, before yeah, the impact. Uh, but then we get our Iceman Intel, uh, and he's not in the studio anymore. Oh, no. He's, got, he's doing dead drops, apparently, at random hotels. To meet up with random uh, new confidential sources, um, hmm. and his confidential source 
told him that Jay White is going to be in the building tonight, even though let it be known that Impact's Twitter has been tweeting that Jay White was going to be on Impact tonight since like Monday. And these Iceman Intels are pure garbage. Um, but not just that, that okay. he has a confidential source that Jay White and Bullet Club are looking for new members and that they are looking particularly at somebody in the Impact locker room. Um, okay. So there, there's your two pieces of, of uh, Iceman Intel for this week. And we'd learn about the first one pretty quickly. Or the second one pretty quickly. Yes, yes. Uh, since we already knew the first one. Um, before the Impact match, it was Petey Williams and Trey Miguel versus Cal Hero and Tony Gunn. Uh, Tony Gunn, I don't believe, is part of the Gun Club. However, he does spell his name G-U-N-N. But there was no mention of him being a long-lost uh, gun brother cousin I, I nephew missed, i missed the beginning of this match was there anything like special about these guys that, nope no they're just uh they're other killers. than d'lo brown question so remember last week cal harrow was uh jobbed out to steve macklin right and okay. d'lo brown mentioned that he has grown or what's his name uh cal harrow and d'lo's family have been close for quite some time and then, jo- uh, not Josh Matthews, Matt Stryker asks, is this man wearing a fanny pack? And <laughs> D'Lo Brown says, I don't know anybody who would wear something like that to the ring. And meanwhile, my mind is thinking, Johnny Swinger has been doing this since I've seen him. He has always yeah. worn a, a fanny pack, pack to the ring. Sometimes then, fun in it. Yeah, and then Matt Stryker asks for, like, intel on these guys. And D'Lo Brown says, I've got nothing on these guys. I don't know much about these guys. Even though last week he claims <laughs> Cal Harrow is really close to his family. That's that's pretty dumb. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's interesting, then, is uh, so they brought him back like as a talent enhancement because this is new tapings. Yes. It's a new set, so... Yeah, interesting. They they liked him so much with the Macklin thing, and uh, they just like, hey, stick around. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Striker said both these guys are part of the. At the end of the sh- uh, of the match, he pointed out that both these guys are loanees from OVW uh, and Al Snow and Rip Rogers' school, uh, and oh. that they have a good working relationship with OVW. Which okay. is clear because OVW is the developmental territory for Impact. So I'd hope you have a good relationship with the developmental I say, brand. I said that, but there, there's guys like um, like Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, OVW. There's guys that don't go to Impact and do other thing, other things we've seen. So yeah, I, I think like- so. I think it's more that like OVW, I think brings in people like the Brian Pillman juniors and stuff. Cause OVW, I think only became like affiliated with impact again, like 2019, 2018 uh, yeah. from what I was reading. Post um, Burnett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it seems like they run their own shows and stuff and they'll bring in like other indie guys, but then they've got like the OVW school, which Gosh. Al Snow, Rip Rogers are part of, and then 
uh, Trey Miguel is like a also part time head trainer. So, uh, which was part of his return deal to come back to Impact was that he'd become like a head trainer part time so that okay. he could still wrestle the indies and stuff. Which is, again, it's so weird to me that like that's that they were like, oh yeah, try be a head trainer. You're 26 years old. Normally, you gotta you gotta have some experience, big experience, but well, he's probably been wrestling for like eight years. You That's know? fair. And yeah, you, you watch him in the ring, and he's good. And you, you gotta look. A lot of these schools, they they are run by the younger guys. So yeah, like part trainer, you want someone that's like Al Snow is more of just uh, getting directives, probably more than anything. No, days. you stop that. Al Snow is putting five star matches on every day in the school. Yeah, he's, he's running head. circles. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what do we want? Head. <laughs> um, but yeah, just think uh, in this match, Petey Williams was getting chance throughout this. Uh, we had the spider trade chance. We also got Angelo's new favorite impact fan, Green Man. Green Man. We're going to get him for. Uh, so what, what's this taping for two episodes or four episodes? Um, so it seems like this goes either right after homecoming which is at the end of the month uh or uh i don't know if they like they haven't announced what the or they said that emergence is going to be the august one but they announced that during the tapings so i guess it goes up to emergence which would probably be sometime in august i know they did two days of taping oh no actually they did one day of taping no, 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 it was two days. Right. It was two days, four tapings. So two day, two sets every day. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it, I think it was a three o'clock and a seven o'clock were the two gotcha. things for each day. And then the next block of tapings is the 16th, 17th, and 18th. I believe I got that right. So I'm assuming, yeah, of August. So I'm assuming Emergence would be that weekend. Uh, like the 14th or 15th and then like the next three days would be them taping the rest of the shows uh, and that yeah. would probably take us till if the, if they're again doing three days of tapings but two sets each day that would be six that could probably take them up to slam of, or bound for glory if they really wanted to do it that way Um, I don't know they haven't announced if it's the same situation where it's two day or two sets of tapings per day. I don't think. Um, I don't know. Um, because six that would be six shows basically. Yeah, and that, that would seem like that would be enough to take you to like at least mid October. Well, if you start in mid August, it's probably going to take you till right end of September. Yeah. Over. So maybe do like they could do like one more set of tapings or something like at the in September if they wanted to. Yeah, and they'll probably um, so stuck in between there. Yeah. Then. Um. So yeah, uh, Trey Miguel and Petey end up picking up the win. Petey teases a Canadian destroyer. He doesn't hit it, um, which the crowd boos, and he ends up winning with the sharpshooter. Um, but. Petey and Trey get the win, gets big cheer at the end. There was never, there was no doubt that Trey and Petey were going to win this match. Of course, I guess it really should precursor everything that we're talking about since we just talked about, you know, tapings have happened. 
We yeah. have not seen spoilers out there, naturally, but we have not looked at them. Yeah. So our, our reactions are pretty genuine. We The only thing um, we do know... I, I, I'll, I'll preference it. Angelo hasn't read them. <laughs> I read the first day t- uh, okay. spoilers. Okay. And then I was like, oh, there's actually good... There's really good things happening on these shows. I'll stop reading. Yeah, that's that's understandable. The only thing I do know is, but we could probably start with this, um, is Kiara Hogan tweeted that this is her last set of tapings. Yes. So that um, she's been around since we've been starting, and she's obviously been around Impact before that. She doesn't explain, obviously, where she's going next, but she's got greener pastures ahead, it seems like. She just dropped the belts um, at Slammiversary. We'll see at the end of the show tonight her rematch, but we obviously know that she's not sticking around for much longer. Um, yeah, she has a bright future ahead of her wherever she goes. Uh, she was, you know, the only piece of this ta- women's tag division, and she's pretty entertaining inside the ring and outside the ring. So, you know, wish her the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know, I think it was Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful reported uh, after the tapings because he was there uh, in Nashville for the tapings. Uh, he did like his, like he interviewed a bunch of people backstage, uh, for stuff. And he said that, um, uh, she cares leaving, uh, and that WWE are heavily, were heavily interested in her before she left, uh, impact. So it does sound like that might be her move. Interestingly about that is if that is the case, um, it would be interesting to see how, if she ends up getting called up to the main roster at any point, because I'd assume she'd go to NXT first. If she does go up to main roster at any point, uh, how she would mesh with certain people such as Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, who she has been highly critical of uh, claiming that they have stolen all or WWE uh, and Sasha and Bianca have stolen her gimmick, her voice uh, and her uh, act uh, actions and attitude uh, for Bianca and Sasha's characters this year. Um, that's true. Yeah. So that's definitely, if, if she does end up going to WWE, uh, that is a very interesting thing to be like so highly critical of them and then be like, okay, I'm going to, go there uh, and then see what they actually have for you. Um, But we wish her all the best because like we said, she is a hell of a talent uh, and she's definitely been one of the more underrated parts of the impact shows that we've been watching for the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I won't speculate any further than this, but like I would say like her career trajectory is like a Alexa bliss type of ceiling where it's more of like entertainment with some solid wrestling, but not, not a, not a Charlotte flair, bring the house down type of person. But, uh, yeah, so that could be a good good addition to the card. Yeah, that absolutely. Um, wherever she goes, I'm interested to see how how she will be used. Um, yeah. but definitely again goes to that whole idea of like impact is like there is still people going to from impact to other places. This is just in the last year we've had MSK, we've had Ty Valkyrie, uh, and now Kara all jumping over to the NXT brand or. M- possibly jumping over to the NXT brand. We won't, we can't say for sure, certain until she actually like gets that Instagram yeah. post or Twitter post from WWE saying, look at our new performance center class. But uh, 
It does right. seem like signs are pointing that way. It, it is um, par for the course, though, for Impact. Yes. To, you know, take flight from Impact and leave for WWE. I mean, they're, they're the big boys. They are. Uh, yeah. Much people don't like the storyline. They do pay a lot better. So people are always yes. going to you know, try their cup of tea in TNA, whether it pans out like uh, Samoa Joe. I don't even know if that does pan out, but or it, where, where it completely falls flat, someone like Chris Harris. Um, pretty much the yeah. whole spectrum has happened with people that have had success and impact and then migrated over. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll Maybe be Bobby interesting Rude's to see if it best. happens. Yeah, Bobby Roode's probably up there for one of the best. Um, uh, I, I'm trying to think. Anybody else who uh, – uh, Styles, but, I mean, Styles was, a, yeah, Styles is, was a star anywhere he went. He's, yeah. he's the total package. Right. Um, um he he'd like spend some time in New Japan to really up his yeah. value. So I don't know, man. Maybe maybe Jackson Riker could be uh, former gunner of Impact Wrestling. Now he's beaten Elias like a billion times on Raw. Yeah, and I got they, to see that uh, Symphony of Destruction match. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. Watch that, Raw. That could be him. It could, it, it, he could be the next big star from from Impact Wrestling. I won't hold my breath, but uh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, so going into the main show, we start off with Chris Bay and Rohit Raju. Um, both of these guys, Chris Bay gets a hell of a reaction. Um, yeah. He eats, and right off he the bat, up the cr- I was gonna say right off the bat, they teased um, like Rohit and Chris Bay's interaction Saturday. I guess they were trying to show. That yeah. Segment. Yeah, so they said that they show a backstage segment as Rohit is coming out, and it's Chris Bay and Rohit going after, or like yelling at each other, uh, in in a locker room, which looks like it's a, like a storage closet, um, because Impact doesn't know what locker rooms are. Right. Um, anyway, uh, Rohit and Chris Bay are trading jabs at each other, and then uh, Rohit goes to leave. Perfect. Chris Bay says, "Oh, you you forgot this." And he, uh, he grabs this shirt, looks at it, he's like, this is your shirt, nerd, throws it at him. And then Rohit's like, this isn't my shirt, this must be yours, and tosses it back at him. And then Chris Bay looks at it, and it's a Bullet Club shirt. Um, Gosh, and the nerds and their Bullet yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Bay must have saw the shirt and was like, only nerds <laughs> are backstage have Bullet Club shirts on in yeah. their bags. <laughs> couldn't catch me wearing that right um anyway uh these two have great chemistry um and we've seen it throughout this the whole pandemic they had their like mini feuds their mini friendships um they've gone through the whole cycle of emotions with each other um and these guys really 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 perform well in the ring together um Rohit, as oh. I've said numerous times, has been one of the stars of the X Division uh, once he stopped being a jobber um, and being right. like the fall guy. Once he took, like, once he got the surprise championship win, it was just to the moon for this man. Um, and Chris Bay, I mean, he's got s- superstar written all over him. Uh, he's super young, he's super talented, he's fantastic on the mic fantastic character um and yeah this was a fantastic starter uh yeah, crowd was really great, hot for this great 10 minute uh, match 
Um, and yeah. it's to bounce off like that. Stars are aligning for Chris Bay as it does for the rest of this episode. But um, Rohit really showed well. I mean, their chemistry, like you said, they've been working together for at least a year, like on storylines together. And their chemistry in the ring really worked well together. They they had some good back and forth. Rohit really showed his speed and agility where sometimes, you know, he just is more of a dastardly heel. But he really uh, like kept up to par with Chris Bay in this match. So I thought that was really good. Yeah, their styles really mesh well together, and you can tell they've worked so so much together that like they just get it. It feels like they get better each match between them. Just gets better and better. Yeah. Um, this also definitely helped with the crowd. The crowd was super hot throughout this uh, this sh- uh, entire show. Um, it really feels like a totally different product with an actual crowd. Even if the crowd isn't super big, like it's not an AEW level crowd. It's not an NXT level crowd is wearing a green man suit. Yeah. Um, look, everybody seemed really into this. Uh, and you can tell that like people really, these guys that came out for these tapings, no matter how small of a taping it is, uh, they really, really care about these guys. Uh, and that like, it's this is what I, I feel like we're gonna have for a lot of wrestling for a while is the everybody loves everybody. Like there are a few people who just got booed. Um but for the most part, everybody was getting cheered this entire show. And same with Slam Anniversary, and that's totally fine. I'm expecting that. Um but it's one of those things where if you're a heel, you're going to learn like if you're a really good heel, you're gonna know how to tick everybody's buttons and push their buttons and make the crowd go back against you, uh, even if they are really hot for you when you start. Uh, and Rohit actually did that pretty early on. He kept on taunting the crowd, uh, making gestures to them, sheer yelling at the crowd. Uh, so they did get some heat towards the end of this match. Uh, and Chris Bay ends up finishing it off with the Art of Finesse uh, for the win. And then as he goes backstage, we go to a camera backstage and who's waiting for him but the Switchblade, Jay White, uh, who says, asks him if he got his message, uh, his invitation, I'm sorry, uh, which was the shirt. Uh, and Chris Bay said, yeah, I got it, but I hope if you've been paying attention you would have known that you don't need to search for any member. You need, don't need to search for the next big thing. I'm already that, but I work better alone. And Jay White says, well, how's that been working out for you lately? Look, you had the two sides out there and you were by yourself and you lost Ultimate X because you're by yourself. So think about it. But my invitation has an expiration date. And he walks off. Uh, this is set so, up really well. Oh my gosh, yes. Jay, so we we pointed this out when when Jay White came out at Slam Anniversary. I could not believe that somebody of the caliber of Jay White was coming into the company. As obviously he's not there full time. He is an impact, or he is a New Japan guy through and through. Uh, but the fact that like at this point in time. You have Jay White and Kenny Omega, two of the biggest non-WWE people in the entire world. And they're in impact of all places having a confrontation. Not AEW, not uh, New Japan. The smallest of the three places <laughs> uh, is 
completely yeah. bizarre. Um, and it just it feels weird to be saying that like Impact feels like the meeting ground for all the companies that aren't WWE at this point. Because as Matt Stryker would point out, there are six companies now working together. And we could think of five. We're thinking that six must be OVW. Yeah. Because, like, I know you could, I guess you could say, like, oh, Ring of Honor with Chelsea Green. But, like, Chelsea's contract is another one where, like, apparently she signed two non-binding contracts, one with Ring of Honor, one with Impact, so that she can do go to whatever company she wants for uh, things. And both companies are okay with it. So it's not like she's like a Ring of Honor star coming to Impact. It's more of she's just an independent freelancer who's going to go wherever she wants. Um, much like Thunder Rosa, must, much like for a bit uh, um, Pillman Jr. was uh, before finally getting signed to AEW. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm interested to see if it's just going to be these two companies. I think Chelsea makes sense to go to uh empower as well for nwa um just because they need the people and if she's got a freelance deal where she can go anywhere she's a good get for them um which we'll talk more about empower in a bit um but yeah uh jay white fan if you have not ever seen jay white promos he is a master on the mic uh when you get to see him in the ring if you haven't already please do he is fantastic um yes. Uh after this we go backstage. Gia is at Kenny Omega's door and who comes out but the person who always comes out, it's Don Callis. And Don Callis says that uh he has all the power, more power than he's ever had with the impact title at his hands. Um and says that uh Tommy and Scott must be hating it that they fired him but it only gave him more power, um, more power than either of them have, more power than they have combined. Um, then says that Kenny is injured. He had to get many stitches uh, from the match uh, and that he and Kenny have talked about it, and they're not sure that they even want to be an impact anymore because of these hostile, unsafe work conditions um, where they impact management is firing the only person who was sane and making sane decisions uh, and are now letting mental uh, mental patients such as Sammy Callahan run loose attacking people whenever they want to get title shots um, yeah uh, and then uh, Gia asked is Kenny actually injured uh, and said that uh, he is uh, day-to-day. He's, he's day-to-day. Um, I totally forgot that this match at Slammiversary wasn't a taped show. And so yesterday when I watched AEW, I was like, why the fuck does Kenny Omega have a really goofy-ass bandage on his head? Right, right. Same thing. And I was like, oh, that, right. And then this made all of the, like, them replaying the stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, Slammiversary wasn't taped. Yeah, they were using um, a pizza cutter on his goddamn head. Yeah, and thumbtacks, everything. Um, the the fork. Uh, yeah, fork. 
everybody who's using a fork this week. We had that them using it, and then AEW. I hope it was the exact same fork that uh, Lance Archer and, and John Moxley just came out borrowed. With that exact same pizza cutter. Yeah, so I hope. Yeah, Nick, Nick Gage is his best age. Yeah, Abdul the Butcher is sitting home probably this past week, and if he put on wrestling this week, he's just like, what the hell? I was doing this, and everyone was mad at me. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> I didn't get the big pay paychecks. Yeah, exactly. He was stabbing um, people in the head all the time. He always had a fork. He, he literally has he literally has scars from having forks driven into forked, his head so much. He forked himself and forked his opponents all the time. He yeah. literally wear blades on his fingers. Yeah. He, he's, he, he missed out, man. Yeah. He missed out. This um, time. Yeah. Um, after this, we have Mickey James coming out. Uh, she invites Deanna to the ring uh, and says that she didn't mean any disrespect coming out after uh Deanna's match at Slammiversary that she was told that uh that she's studied uh Deanna's matches she's studied her for a while and she thinks that Deanna is the exact star that they need to help uh build empower for uh and Deanna basically just starts throwing all the jabs of you you keep on saying that you you know me you respect me but you showed the ultimate disrespect by coming out right after i won i couldn't even celebrate my big win against an opponent i didn't even get to train for uh and you immediately go and try to steal my thunder my celebration uh and then kick me in the ring uh i if if I had it my way, I'd be doing the same thing that you did this week by slapping you right across the face and slapping you right in the next week. Gail Kim's music comes up on and she reveals that she was the one who told Mickey that this was a good idea. Don't take anything out on Mickey. Um, but that Gail agrees with Mickey that Deanna is the star and she would do very well by going and agreeing to do Empower for NWA. Um, also, they threw a few like minor jabs at WWE, saying that this was going to become like a, a multi- hopefully grow to be something bigger, uh, something more yearly, and also point uh, saying that they aim to make the greatest ever all women's pay per view um, after you know WWE. Apparently didn't want to do a second evolution pay-per-view. They're all women pay-per-view that they did a few years ago uh, because, uh, again, throwing, going off of rumors and innuendo that apparently they don't see, they didn't see an all women's pay-per-view uh, being profitable again. Um, so the fact that uh, NWA wants to make this a, a regular, more yearly event seems to show that they believe at least that the women on the independent scene are profitable uh, and can get a lot of people to tune in for a pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, this, this is the time to strike. I mean, independent wrestling is at its all-time high right now. So Yeah, and especially if you're going to get all these companies that are like, hey, we, we are willing to work together. Um, this is unprecedented that, like, you didn't ha- – like. I, I would say that, like, in the 80s and, like, the, the territory days, you didn't have the territories wanting to work together as much as, like, the independent promotions seem to be wanting to work together these days. Um, 
Yeah, so, and I guess it's like the ease of travel, the way shows are taped these days. It's like you don't have to worry about like sharing talent anymore as much as they did back in the day. Yeah. So, no, it's um, I'm glad this open door, this whatever glass door has been broken, whatever the phrase, the forbidden is, door, the forbidden, forbidden door, door has been opened. Yeah, so that and, and for NWA's point, they can put together a women, women's pay per view and pull from different areas and really put together the best roster they can. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see if we end up getting anybody from AEW to go over for it. I think the clear person that makes the most sense would be um, to have like Serena and Thunder Rosa, who officially signed with AEW today. Um, Apparently her deal with NWA either expired or AEW bought it out or something. Uh, but NWA and AEW both confirmed that Thunderosa is officially only an all elite wrestling uh, performer. Uh, both com- or NWA wished her the best. Um, so it seems like that was am- amicable. Uh, and I-, I could see her being thrown on that card as well, just because, again, she, uh, with NWA taping, again, they do a lot of tapings all at once as well. Um, so it, it, if they've already done tapings up until Empower, it would make sense that if Thunderosa is on those shows, that she also could make an appearance at Empower, and that could be her send-off. Um, Very true. Uh, I don't know if they want – like, if they get all the champions from all the different women's promotions that they're working with, like, if they get Brit on that show, that would be huge. Um, yeah, I don't think. They but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't feel like they need all the different champions because then it feels like we're gonna f- kind of forget about their own champion, um, right, right. especially with it being that like doesn't seem like Deanna's challenging their. T- it's not like a title. It doesn't sound like it's a title versus title match for those of you who haven't read the spoilers. Um, it seems like it's just going to be Deanna versus somebody that Mickey is choosing. Um, or Mickey herself. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, uh, interesting. Uh, we Like I said, Deanna does accept. She shakes Mickey's hand and then walks off. And then we have Gail and Mickey in the ring, loving it up. Great to see Mickey back in, the, uh, in Impact. Um, crowd really ate her up. Um, commentary ate it up. We had... Matt Stryker calling her one of the most beautiful women he's ever seen um, numerous times on the sh- uh, on the show. Um, and D'Lo saying that uh, he didn't he almost didn't recognize her, but he knows all the lyrics to hardcore country uh, and he loves singing it in his free time. Um, all words in the song. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think hardcore country her theme has has too much too much to go with there. Yeah. I do want to point out that uh, Mickey James is 41 years old. So yeah. it, it feels weird because, you know, at the end of her WWE time, she was treated as a legend, wasn't used. And, and they treated her like an old woman. But she, yeah. you know, if she was a male wrestler, that's that's the prime. <laughs> yeah. For WWE yeah. wrestlers. So it's, it's for as much as she's done, the way she was treated at the end of her WWE run was just an absolute shame. Um, for someone that it was an actual talented wrestler during uh, the era of WWE divas. Yeah. 
Um, Mickey is go is definitely up there on the list for like one of the most influential, one of the best women's wrestlers of not just a certain era, but probably of all time. I'd say um, she she's done it all. She's succeeded in WWE in her first run. She succeeded in Impact. Now being able to do what she wants seems like she's going to be going a little bit on the indies, going to be doing NWA uh, as an executive producer, but also an in-ring competitor uh, once her 90-day compete clauses up uh, from WWE with her saying that, I believe it's the anniversary show, which is the night after Empower, which is bizarre that they're running two pay-per-views back-to-back, but whatever works. Um, I believe that is August 29th is the anniversary show, which is her return to the ring. Um, but it seems like she believes that she, she can still go. Um, and we'll get to see. Um, if if she can, then I've got a question. What the fuck WWE did the last two years with, that, with her just, like, making sporadic appearances uh, and barely winning? No, I, I think that's mean why she wanted to leave. I think she knows she still had... Something to give to the business, not just from a you know legends appearance type of role. I yeah. think what really irked her at the end there, and um, I mean like for her two, last two years, she was you know scarcely used, and she, I think she saw some talent left in the bag to give to whatever company. Yeah. Um, after this, we got another Drama King vignette, uh, which seems to be hinting at the debut of uh, the former. Um, Aiden English of WWE, um, who you might know from the Vaude Villains or for as uh, the tag team partner slash manager of Rusev towards the end of Rusev's run. Um, and then also being a commentator on 205 Live for a bit, uh, which we did get uh, on Saturday during our Slammiversary reactions. We had uh, the first uh, of these uh, vignettes, and Pat brought up a good point that, like, you forgot that he didn't retire from in-ring. They just moved him to commentary and never said anything about it. Uh, and they moved him to commentary to a show that not everybody watches. Um, yeah, true. So the fact that people, like, you might be like, oh, man, like, this guy can still wrestle? This guy, this guy got released? It's like, yeah, he got released last in last year's uh, batch of releases, not this year's. Um, this was last year's April release. Uh, and now he's seems like he's coming to the, uh, impact. I think it suits him well. Um, I don't think he's yeah. like a, he's not going to be, he'd get lost in the shuffle in in AEW or like, like in other places, but I feel like he can fit a nice role either if he's going to go full time in ring again, or if he's going to be somebody's manager, or if he's going to like lead a faction, who knows? He yeah, can do so many things. He's got like a Brian Myers type of ceiling, I think, here. Yes. So like um, mid-card heel, but not really going for a title. Yeah. Speaking of Brian Myers, that's where uh, we'll go next because Ooh. that is our Brian Myers, Sam Beal, and Tennille Dashwood versus Jake Something, Matt Cardona, and Chelsea Green match. Uh, Brian Myers and Sam Beal get the jobber entrance. Tennille's entrance is almost over by the time we come back from commercial. Um, and then we get the baby faces come out. Um, and this match was just not for me. I did not care about this match that much. Um, 
Jake something they really put over, but at the same time, it felt like he was out of this match pretty quickly. Um, commentary talked about how he his uh, over he's been an overachiever in Impact. That he like when he first came into Impact, nobody thought thought uh, thought he'd be a serious contender for anything. But now he's one of the most well liked uh, wrestlers in the entire company. Um, and that he can pr- go and perform with anybody. Um, and then, like I said, fe- felt like he was out of this match real quickly because then it became the uh, the Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Tennille, and uh, Chelsea Green show, uh, which made sense. That's the story. Um, the main story in this is these four. Um, Sam Beal comes in just to eat the pin, but before he can eat the pin... Looks like he's going to get hit with the unprettier by Chelsea. Caleb gets up on the apron. And Chelsea gets distracted by Caleb. And out comes Taylor Wilde to the most muted reaction of a quote-unquote impact legend that I've ever heard. Angela, what was your take on this non-reaction for Taylor Wilde. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, the fans probably couldn't really tell who it was. I mean... Yeah. That's accurate. The fans were a little out of it. That was weird. Especially it was a big impact crowd, but um, they probably just didn't know at first. And uh, we're just like, oh, okay. I mean, it wasn't like you expected it to return at some point, I guess. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, wow, like... Like when I guess ODB came back, like she wasn't, you know, mentioned at all. But um, like Taylor Wilde was kind of like you—you you were kind of waiting for that moment for her to come back, and it makes sense now. She's walking right into a storyline with Tennille, who seems to be hinted as the uh, person that had to do with her disappearance. Yeah, um, I think this is absolute dog shit. Uh, yeah. Because you could have done so much. I. I... I know that, like, Tennille and Taylor had, like, a little bit of stuff going on. But it seemed... It, they really hinted at first that it was going to be, like, something crazy with, like, Jordan taking her out or and, like, kidnapping her or something with the, how they were phrasing, like, that this superstar hasn't been in contact with any family members for a week and then never mentioning it again. And now it's like, Oh, Tennille, like, what, what do you think about Taylor show? And I was like, Oh, Taylor's, Taylor's accusing me of doing unthinkable things to her. It's like, well, that wasn't said, but what the fuck did you do to Neil? Um, again, uh, like to think back, like the, Impact probably had to work on on the fly here. Like, yeah, they, they just brought Taylor Wilde back. Something maybe came up that she couldn't, you know, make a couple sets of tapings. So yeah. they just probably like scrambled and did away with her for a little bit. And then now they're going to try to put the pieces together. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, no. I am interested to see if we do get like like for her like big like actual entrance and stuff. Like, what the crowd will think. Because, again, this is somebody yeah. who has been retired for a decade and then came back right at the end of the pandemic, basically. So she hasn't been in front of fans in ages. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Like, 
imagine if like i don't know any major star came out and like got a muted reaction like that i feel like it'd be kind of anticlimactic but uh yeah but i'm sure once they say her name like her first match will get like yeah uh I do have to say, I'm not looking forward to that theme because that theme is rough. <laughs> um, after this, uh, we get Eddie Edwards um, challenging W. Morrissey to a parking lot brawl. We go to commercial. We come back. Morrissey comes out. Um, and we are told that the fans that are out there are the fans that showed up uh, but were denied entrance because the impact taping had been filled up. And so they were waiting and Eddie Edwards decided to give them a show. Um, This was fine. Um, Morrissey was on the, the offensive. Most of this entire thing, he was dominating. He at one point picked up a cooler and tossed it at Eddie's head. Eddie ducked it. And then like it, it like stayed closed and Morrissey reached in, and there was a like a sprite or something in it. I was like, mm. "Did he just toss a fucking like full cooler ice thing at him?" Um, oh, dangerous! And but I mean, then, so, uh, so Impact's really playing off of uh, you know it was a screwy finish at Slammiversary. Yeah, so that this gives this feud legs again that Eddie Edwards has something some reason to have beef with Morrissey still so yes and and the whole point I guess this fight was the show you know it's not in a ring so Eddie Edwards could get the advantage he brings out kendo sticks just starts slapping around Morrissey Morrissey runs away and you know Eddie looks good and it'll set up the the feud for uh to continue down the road yeah um yeah absolutely I think this this sets up well for another one um it it does make Morrissey look a little silly that like he got chased off by two kendo sticks after dominating Eddie out there. Um, uh, I mean, I, I disagree. I think that's he, it, yeah, it, it's Morrissey. He he wants to be like the guy in charge, and like if he sees that he's not in charge, he he wants it on his terms. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. As long as Morrissey doesn't lose this feud, I think he we're still on good track with him. That's why um, this is a good way for Eddie Edwards to look good and then yeah. never win against Morrissey. I think this is going to probably lead to like a no DQ match uh, in yeah. the ring and Morrissey can get a win there. That'd be um, cool. Back to the cooler thing, though. It, it did lose. <laughs> it, it, so, like, like I said, I thought it was really cool. Like, that was crazy if it was a full thing because, like, like I said, opens <laughs> it up, grabs a Sprite, spits on him. But then he puts the cooler on Eddie and he puts his foot on top of the cooler and the cooler immediately opens and it's just empty. And I was like, oh, so somebody literally must have like <laughs> slid in there while the camera wasn't looking to put the Sprite in there just so he could pick it up. Because like that makes more sense why it didn't fucking explode on him from being shaken up from being tossed at him. Or yeah, very true. So that's interesting. <laughs> Threw a sprite in. Yeah, sprite um, sponsorship. Sprite. Yeah, they got. Yeah, they got the sprite sponsorship, but uh, Eric Andre still has them. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Andre needs to come to the Impact Zone. He'll get a sprite sponsorship that way. Um, 
After this, we, like I said earlier, kind of hinted at it. We go backstage, Brian, Tennille, Sam, Caleb, they're walking off. Uh, and Brian starts talking about how Tennille, we're, we're all okay. Everybody's fine. Tennille is now under the tutelage of the Brian Myers learning tree. Tennille says, absolutely not. Taylor's acting like a crazy person. I need to get away from here for a bit. She can't uh, go to I'm homecoming with, you. with uh... yeah, she, I'm not going to homecoming with Brian. Um, and he flips and... out. You can't let me know with that little notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's high school. Yeah. I really like this whole, the whole homecoming thing. I it, like it. It's silly in a good way with them being like, Oh, the winning mixed tag team will be crowned the homecoming King queen. Yeah. Um, it's silly. It's goofy, but we'll get some good matches. Hopefully. Um, so he yells at Sam saying Sam's ruined everything. Uh, and Sam says he will, pr- he promises to get somebody better than Tennille um, that will work out well for uh, Brian. And Brian, uh, as like the segment is about to end, Brian just yells, you don't even talk to girls, uh, which great, great way to go off. Um after this, we get Jay White coming out into the Impact Zone to talk about his match for Resurgence, uh, the New Japan show, uh, on August 14th. Uh, again, it's him versus David Finley. He says that is who he came for. He didn't. Come, he came for one man and one man only. It was David Finley. Everybody thought it was Omega, but it's not. Uh, and he said he did come for one other reason, and that was for the best, the biggest Bullet Club fans of all time. The crowd goes crazy for themselves. And then he says, no, no, no. You guys aren't the biggest Bullet Club fans. That would be the, the people that are parading around, two-sweeting themselves like they're t- it's 2013 again. <laughs> um, and saying that they're the elite, they're the real Bullet Club. Um, and that leads Gallows, Anderson, Callus, and Omega to come out. And... I think this is what everybody wanted. Everybody wants the Omega versus J match again. Um, I don't know if we're going to get it in Impact or anything, but we get J running. This is this is where J is at his best is when he gets to run people down on the mic. Uh, he goes after uh, Anderson uh, and Gallows, saying that uh, They've done absolutely nothing since being in Bullet Club, that that's why they're pretending to be in Bullet Club is because it's the only time that they can stay relevant is that they pretend they're still in Bullet Club or they're related to Bullet Club. And then Kenny looks like he's going to get on the mic, and Jay says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And before you say anything, remember the last time we got together? It was me and you in the ring, and who won that match? And it was him. Uh, for those who don't know, that was for the U.S. title, uh, the New mm. Japan U.S. title that uh, Lance Archer currently holds now. Uh, spoiler alert if you didn't watch AEW this week. Eh. Um, but, um, yeah, Omega was the first New Japan, uh, U.S. champ. Oh, Jay... you crowned the first one. Wow. Oh, I... yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Jay took it right off him um, he, with his – little heel shenanigans because Jay's a slimy little man uh, who can weasel his way through things. Uh, he uh, So Jay also points out that he's the true belt collector. He's the only person to hold uh, the U.S. title. 
the never open weight title, the IC title, and the world title in New Japan. He has his little Grand Slam shirt, which is true. The only title that Kenny is missing on that list uh, is the never open weight title. He never held that. He did hold all the IC, the um, the world championship. Uh, the U.S. Championship. The the difference is Kenny won the uh, junior title at one point, I believe. Okay. Um, but if we're just talking strictly heavyweight titles in New Japan, that never title that Jay is carrying around is the one title that Kenny has never had in New Japan. Um, That's interesting. Mainly because it was like a really low card belt for a while, and then like the last year and a half, it's become like the the second belt it's like the workhorse belt basically at this point kind of like the x division belt yeah um and the whole thing with the open weight is that anybody can challenge for it so any like you doesn't go based off weight class you can be a junior you could be a tag guy you could be a single like a heavyweight guy anybody can hold it um so yeah um omega says that him and callus need to talk about things uh, but that Gallows and Anderson can talk about, uh, can go to talk and confront with Jay. They get in the ring, and Jay runs them down some more. Points out that uh, Carl has basically uh, his career peaked when he lost the New Japan Cup or the G1 Climax in 2012, and he's been trying to relive those glory days ever since. Uh, the new brother, the good brothers, as they were walking down, were talking about how Jay needs. They're still waiting on their thank you for allowing Jay and his buddies that are still in Bullet Club uh, to make start making living wages again. Um, yeah. Also talks about how every time you hear that book bu- Bullet Club theme that uh, that they've had since the beginning, uh, you need to give them a thank you, which I point out uh, earlier makes total sense because. Carl Anderson is the person who actually did the lyrics for that and like actually does like the vocals on that song. Uh, so yes, it is very weird that they still do the bullet clubs theme, um, which runs down all the members of bullet club and like half of them that are run down in that song are not in bullet club anymore, but they still use it. Um, uh, uh, anyway, Jay starts uh, attacking the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers take over because numbers advantage, and out comes Chris Bay to make the save, and the two of them stand tall. Um, and yeah, we'd later hear from the Good Brothers who challenge Chris Bay and Jay White to a tag match for next week. Um, yeah. I thought no, this no was a fantastic com- segment. Yeah, it was, I'm. Not not much of a comp- I am a little lost. Like I and I'm sure other people that don't watch New Japan are too, because especially like the way Jay White comes out and just like kind of starts, you know, digging right at Finley. Yeah. Right? So it's like I, I, I don't know that's behind that as much. And they gave a little bit of background, but yeah. That's okay. I think I mean the talent well surpasses the, the lapse in storyline for not watching their shows. Yeah. Um, for those who need like a little rundown of the Finley stuff, um, Finley and Jay have their match at Resurgence on August 14th. Is for that never open weight belt. David Finley got this tight this match because 
He pinned Jay in the New Japan Cup this year. It is the first time that David Finley had ever pinned or beaten Jay White in singles competition. Uh, I believe uh, Jay White was 10 or 11 and 0 against him before this. Um, Finley put up one of the easily one of the best tournament runs uh, of like a like a super uh, surprising caliber person like he's again he's a tag guy uh but the fact that he beat jay uh almost beat will osprey um in a a tournament to get a title shot a shot at the world title uh came out of nowhere nobody was expecting this uh and so yeah again to finally reward that performance of him actually pinning jay uh, with a title opportunity just because of with the pandemic and everything uh, they just really haven't been able to have Jay and David in the same place at the same time uh, because either one of them's in America with like an injury or one of them's doing the impact tapings or whatnot so now they actually have it they're both in America so do it in at uh, this uh, US show that they're running um, Good. Yeah, uh, it is a pretty good feud uh, just because it's really long-term storytelling. Like the fact that you're, you're going back 11, 10, 11 matches with somebody. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I Again, just with the him, with the whole hit, uh, Jay parading it around, taunting Kenny with the belt as like the belt you've never won, doesn't feel like... Jay is going to be the one, or David's going to be the one to beat Jay for it. Just feels like they're laying way too many hints about a possible match with Kenny. Yeah, um, that's very true. I, I it's just one of those things where, like, where would you do that? Like, you don't. Do you hold off on it for like months and do it in front of like a Japanese crowd because it is their titles? Or do you have Jay like stick around and impact? Or, like it, it feels this feels like it's a way too big of a feud to be in impact. <laughs> if that makes sense, yeah, yeah. This is just like their sounding board, but it, I don't think even Bound for Glory. That's like that's that's too big for Bound for Glory almost. Yeah, uh, we did run down what it could like. It, it really depends on how far they want to go with this Bound for Glory show, like. If it's just going to be like a traditional, like, hey, this is like an impact show that AEW and all these other talents or like places are going to have talent at, but like we're not going to promote it like AEW has been doing for Kenny's appearances in impact, like, then yeah, it's way too big for that. But if everybody, all these companies are all in, they all advertise for this, it ends up being at like a bigger place than like a normal impact pay per view would be, then. Maybe you do it there, but again, it feels like Kenny's got to defend. Like he's not going to pull like quadruple duty. He he's got he's going to defend. It feels like he has to defend the impact belt there. Yeah, to me, or they do like just a multi man match or something where it's like Bullet Club versus the Elite, and they get like the Young Bucks for that match, and it's like. If New Japan's going all in with it, they can throw in like random Bullet Club guys that are in America, like Jay, Kenta, 
the good uh, G.O.D. Uh, and like somebody else. Or you just go with like Kenny versus somebody in an actual match uh, for the, the belt. It, it's inter- it's going to be interesting the next few months to see how much effort is put in by everybody yeah, else. How this gets laid out, exactly. Yeah. Um, after this, we go... Uh, oh, so after this, this is another interesting point, and this is where I think it lays this follows my idea for how I think Kenny's losing the belt. But Josh Alexander is doing a random interview backstage while this whole segment is supposedly going on because you hear on the mic the good brothers, you hear on the mic uh, Jay at certain points behind them, um, and then Kenny and Don bump into him uh, right as Josh utters the lines um, that he plans to be the impact an impact champion that the impact fans and the impact locker room can be proud of because we don't have that right. And that's when Kenny Omega bumps into him and says, Oh, sorry. Didn't see you there, pal. Oh, what were you about to say? Saying something about being the champion that the crowds can love, that the fans can love, that the locker room can love. They already have that. Aren't you like the the lightweight guy, the X Division guy? I'm the real champ. Walks away. Uh, I think the, 100% Josh is the one to take this title off of Kenny. Um, I've said yeah. it since, since they are lining him up. Like he... He's one. He's he's not a cruiserweight in any stretch of the imagination. No. But the fact that they've lined like they've given him the straight shot to superstardom. They had him with the really long tag reign. Right after the tag reign ends and Ethan Page goes to AEW, they put him in the X division. He just has amazing match after amazing match. They give him the sixty minute Iron Man match, the longest match in Impact history. Um. They go on uh, with him cutting the promo of, like, he's going to be the champion that everybody can look up to. Like, if Kenny's going to hold the belt in other and go other places and he's not going to be focused on Impact, he wants this title to be elevated and be the top title in Impact. Um, and now this, it just feels like they are pushing all the right buttons to make this, a, like, a crowning, like... I don't want to say like a Josh Alexander has to use option C to get this, but like, like a raising from the X division straight up to the world title Um, because he has really just gone all, all out on this. Uh, And he's, he has been probably the true MVP of impact in the last year and a half. From a wrestling standpoint. Yeah. He's he's provided excellent fun. Excellent yeah. every every time he goes out there. So, yeah, um, and this I feel like this again. It it won't because it, it still feels like he's he's gone through most everybody in the X division at this point. Like he beat ev- basically everybody in the, the whole X division in the last. Yeah, one. yeah. Um, like the only people that like have been in the X division at different points and like he didn't beat in that match were TJP, who he's beaten numerous times. And Black Tarus, who like is in there sometimes, but then is like, nah, I'm gonna be a tag guy. Yeah, I don't um, think taken seriously enough at this stage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels like 
he is he's he's done it all in the X division already in such a short time, but such a convincing way that like I feel like he has that look of like somebody who can go right into the like the the, the big leagues the uh, the main event scene, um and yeah, um this was this was a good rub for him. Oh yeah, um after this. We have the Good Brothers making the challenge, um, and that uh, for next week after this is Ace Austin, Madman Fulton versus Finn Juice. Um, oh, yeah. This match I totally forgot was happening at points. Like it, <laughs> it, it was a fine match, but like it just existed. And Finn Juice win with rolling up Madman Fulton, who immediately like it looked like his shoulder was up. This was a really sloppy end. Yeah, I mean, Ace Austin's a pretty, you know, one of their bigger talents, so they don't want to make him look bad. So the roll-up or screwy finish is pretty much the only options here. Yeah. Um. So Ace Austin and Madman Fulton get back in. They start beating up Finn Juice. Finn Juice starts, like, making the comeback. And then Shira and Rohit come down, and the four heels lay out Finn Juice. And, uh-huh. Yeah, I I don't I don't know who this helps at any at any point. Um, yeah, it's like, like where this is going. Yeah, um, the only thing I can think of is be like, okay, well, if Finn, if Finn Juice want to cash it, like that. I feel like they're back to be like, hey, we still have our rematch for the tag titles, and like maybe these are the other two teams that they're gonna like fight for number one contendership. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. Um, I don't see Ace Austin or and Fulton and Shira and Rohit being like actual contenders for the tag titles in Impact right now, especially with the Good Brothers holding it. And as I pointed out on the Slamversary thing uh, re- review, I really don't need Finn Juice and Good Brothers feud to reunite again. It, it, we ha- we had it for months at the beginning of the year. So this might be like the best way to like distract them from it. Maybe, yeah. Maybe this isn't for the, the number one contendership. Maybe yeah. the Good Brothers really don't fight anyone because because even from the other spectrum, it looks like the, those other tag teams are going to be busy. So I don't I don't know what the Good Brothers actually do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, after this is the other spectrum that we're about to talk about. It is yeah. with, uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack who are talking about how. Violent by Design had a promo about them costing them the titles, which they never aired on this show. Yeah, at least on Axis. So this felt really weird because they were like, "Oh, you, you, Willie, did you hear? You hear what they said? We got targets on our backs now for costing them the titles." Yeah, but we even didn't win that being, match. You could just imagine that they're like, "Oh." You could just put the pieces together, even if yeah, they didn't air the promo. Maybe like when they when they you know recorded the promo that they thought this was going to make the cut for the TV show, but it just didn't. Yeah, so, and um, that's fair. Uh, anyway, the lights flicker for a bit, and then they can they like continue going. And I was like, was that like a ish, a glitch or an issue? Right, and then the lights just go completely out. They come back on. Eric Young is behind them. And then for the next like 30 seconds, it's just the lights are going on and off and Violent by Design are just beating up Willie Mack and Rich Swan in this 
like on off like thing and it was a cool visual <laughs> but it makes zero sense that like all four of them are in view who the fuck is controlling the lights um and why yeah. are the lights making noises every time they're coming on and off? Like, how old are these lights? Maybe Sammy Callahan was helping with the lighting. Uh, uh, yeah, Sammy Callahan is back. He's joining Violent by Design, guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, oh, I didn't win, a, win the world title. Got to go heal again. Getting paid by the hour to do the lighting. Yeah. Uh, Eric Young says, uh, we found you. Uh, and next week, we end you. Um, and... Interesting stuff. If this is going to be like we're ending your, like your tag team, we're gonna, like if Von by Design win, no, William Act, Willie and Rich go from here. I'm interested in. The other thing is, like, is this a way? I'm still interested in if Willie, like, if Willie Mac resigned with the company because all signs pointed to his contract ending in June or July of this year with Impact, yeah, and true. everybody who they have resigned, whose like contracts were coming up and they resigned, they made posts about it immediately, and they haven't done that for Willie Mac. So oh, if that's the case, maybe this is a way to write him off. Interesting. I don't know because. Maybe Willie Mac, yeah. But, but the way he's been treated, I I don't want him to leave Impact. He's been the the fall guy for the past like eight months, so he might have seen the the writing on the wall for that. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see. Maybe maybe he resigned and they just kept it cl- like close. Maybe he wants to reveal it eventually, kind of like Moose. Like he announced, like he apparently resigned back in like April or May, but like kept it close, and then he wanted to reveal it on his own time, uh, which was like a random podcast he did. Um, so maybe this is the same thing with Willie Mac. I don't know, but uh, yeah, apparently, like at the beginning of the year, it was listed like they had that whole report of like whose contracts are ending when in each company, and Willie Mac was listed for June or July of this year. Uh, and we are now almost at, at the end of July, and he's still there. Um, well, we'll but see. with tapings, it doesn't tapings. like, every, yeah, exactly. Um, and there, it always seems like a lot of the impact people, even if they like don't resign, they stay with them for like a pe- per appearance thing. Like, yeah, that's Ethan Page, like, state like his contract ended at like beginning of December, but like he stayed on till like January or. Yeah, February. Oh. Yeah. Um, after this, we've got Moose storming to Scott's office to demand a rematch with Saban because, and I quote, I was dominating this match. Hell, I was about to murder Chris Saban in front of everyone. Uh, Chris Saban comes over and says, you don't need to go to Scott. Let's just fight right here, right now. Scott says, absolutely not. You'll fight next week. Main event, it's you guys. Um, and then they have a good stare down. That's perfectly fine. I, I, they had a really good match at Slammiversary. I'm perfectly fine with them having another one. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, we have the main event. It is Fire and Flavor cashing in their rematch clause for the Knockouts tag titles against Havoc and Rosemary. Never a good uh, sign when uh, the you know the next night after a pay per view or like the, ne- the the same week after a pay per view the former champs cash in. 
probably like a you know ten percent clip when that they actually win the titles back. Yeah. Um. This was a good match. It wasn't anything great, but like these two teams have good chemistry. They're probably the best tag teams that they have in the knockouts division right now, other than Jordan and Rachel. Whenever they actually like come out and get their go back for the tag titles instead of doing intergender wrestling with Caleb and Tennille. Right. Um, but this was a fine match. We I felt like Tasha was really protected in this match. Like she dominated at points, even like taking it to havoc. Uh, yeah. and then would like get out of trouble and give all the damage to Kiera. Um, the only damage she really took here was uh, errant uh, super kick from Kiera uh, while Tasha was holding Rosemary. Um, Rosemary ducked. Kiera hit uh, Tasha, and then Tasha just rolled. It was out of it for the rest of the match. Uh, Decay ends up picking up the win with an assisted spear. Uh, Havoc held Rose or held Kiera as Rosemary hit her spear. For the one, two, three, and Decay win, and Decay all celebrate in the ring. And the one positive thing about this thing is that they didn't destroy my eyes with the lighting that they did uh, at Slammiversary. Yeah, like, you lighting. could actually see who these people were. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they chose. Um, it did not look great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pat just sent like a random thing from PWTs uh, of CM Punk. Um, I thought it was like an actual like CM Punk could drop something, but uh, it seems like he just he just added. Uh, oh, he opened up his uh, PWT shop again. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I I love CM Punk for uh, his WWE run, but I'm not. Not worrying about this. Not not here. Not tonight. No, he's showing up in the impact zone, Angelo. That's what we've got to do. Everybody, like we, I, I thought Joey was crazy when he claimed that he saw Jay. He thought that Jay White would come to Impact. And I said, "No way, Jose. He's too big for Impact." Uh, and now he's here. So just get, from now on, just say everybody's coming to Impact. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Everybody is coming to Impact. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson coming to Impact. Um, I, I think you CM heard it here Punk first. Daniel folks. Bryan are going to want paychecks more than the entire cost of production for Impact. So I don't. I don't think exactly. That's why. That's why the lights were flickering on and off is because they don't. Yeah. They didn't pay their electric bills. Budget cuts. Yeah. Yeah. They they decided to paid Brian Danielson and CM Punk uh, all their production and electric bills money. He's got to get Dixie Carter writing the checks again, and then you'll be fine. Yes. Get me (laughs) Jeff Jarrett on the phone right now. Get Jeff Jarrett's stat. Yeah, and hire Vince Russo back on booking, too. Why not? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. uh, Next week, we do have Saban versus Moose. Should be a great main event. We've got Jay White and Chris Bay versus the Good Brothers. Uh, another stacked match. The fact that that's not a main event is wild. Uh, so maybe that's the opener. Um, since they like to go with a hot match to start off shows. Um, maybe. And 
like based on how the Twitch feed was today, the obviously the peak was when Jay White and Kenny Omega were out there. So, yeah, that could be like the start of the second hour. Right, right. Uh, and we have Diener and Rhino versus Swan and Willie Mac. They have announced which part of Violent by Design will be fight- facing them, um, which makes sense. It's a bigger guy, or not the biggest guy, but a bigger guy uh, of Violent by Design and somebody who could be in the X Division for Violent by Design versus somebody who can be in the X Division and a bigger guy yeah. um, who is also in the X Division. Phil, <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, Angelo, how did you feel about this show? I, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I I really enjoyed this uh, post anniversary show. There's a lot of going on in Impact and the wrestling world in general, and the Impact's at the forefront of it. D'Lo Brown is uh, stressing it the whole episode. Like Impact is uh, open that forbidden door. There's just a lot of a lot of good things happening in Impact. Feels like the territorial days. Yeah, uh, this was this was a great great episode to keep the uh, the momentum going from Slam Anniversary, uh, and really it leads to more questions about what's going to go happen from now on in Impact. Um, yeah. So if you haven't read spoilers like Angelo, or you've read only one day of spoilers like me, uh, or even if you read all the spoilers, um, you might know that like a lot of stuff is clearly coming forward uh and we're only anniversary was just the beginning we've are officially on the road to bound for glory uh in october and we're gonna have many stops along the way absolutely Uh, and i will say i guess one one last side note this uh smaller crowd it's warming up for me it's it's working mostly i feel like like I was yeah. like, why, why doesn't Impact try to do like a bigger crowd? And like maybe they would have empty seats. But like I, I think this is a good, this is a good sized crowd. It's just like enough of a realistic pop, and the, and the fans are really into it. The, the cr- small crowd that they do have are passionate Impact fans, so it's it's working out well. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Is it, it's a, it's the perfect balance of like an a small underground environment, but like. Everybody yeah. seems like they're a hardcore fan of it. It's not yeah, like it feels like the House of Hardcore show we went to. Yes, like, people, yeah, people or like really... the old Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, like, yeah, like like it feels like everybody's like you don't have like none of these people in the crowd were like a random casual Impact fan who was like, oh, I'm just here to see what's going on and cheer for random things and boo for random things. Right, like, everybody like... knows what's going on. Harrison, I, I watched Raw on Monday, and this is one of the, I guess, the first few shows with a live audience for a Raw. And the the whole front, the whole hard cam side was dead. There, like you could hear cheers in the background, but we were like debating: is it, you know, are they pumping in noise? But there was just very minimal reaction from the front of the audience, and that's yeah. just that's you know off putting for the people watching at home. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, when you have like the big crowds you're always going to have some casuals and it really shows when you've got like, like a WWE style show where they're panning all over the crowd to like, try to find someone getting uh, entertainment out of what's happening here in impact. You just, you can just spin the camera around and everybody's interacting. Yeah. I mean, there's a dude in a damn green suit 
yeah. going nuts today. So I yeah, mean, I really hope that guy he, that guy was for all four tapings. Like he he didn't just show up for one. Like I hope, or even better, he came for all four tapings. But all four tapings, he has a different color suit. Or it's just suicide. No, Angelo, we don't need that. <laughs> You're right. We don't need that. We need we him can, tagging with suicide. We need him tagging with suicide. Come on. Oh, that's true. Okay. Uh, with that, we are going to end it here. Uh, we will be back next week uh, in some capacity. Um, we've got Pat and Joey's dynamic dynamite reviews on Wednesday, uh, our raw reviews on Monday. Um, and yeah, most likely uh, us on Thursday, like normal. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, be on the lookout, stay tuned, subscribe to whatever platform you want to, um, and we will talk to you next week. Stay safe and talk to you later. Bye.